0: Welcome to Culture Bytes, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by human synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined by our general manager, David Byram. Hey, DB. Hi, Dom. How are you going today? Yeah, doing really well. I brought you in for this episode, DB, because I had a a question from someone the other day, which was around advice for a new manager. So someone who's moved into a a new role as a manager, taking over a team maybe, either internal or external hire. I'd be interested to hear if there's a difference. And so it was really, what would your advice be for them? How could they set themselves up for success? What do you think?
1: That's a great question. And first thing I think I'd say is congratulations. Yeah, sure. Congratulations. You've just accepted a new role as a leader. And leaders are always under the spotlight. So embrace the challenge that that brings. When you step into that first leadership position or a, a promoting leadership position, you're visible. And the more up you go, the more visible you become. So you need to lead from the front. I think your question was advice. For, yeah,
0: what what advice would you give to them? Yeah.
1: I'll break it down. And I think Dom will probably talk across four areas today. The first one I'd say I'd, I'd call know, and I'd talk about know the role, know the people, know the processes. Mm-hmm. And then I think I'd talk about plan.
0: Yeah, what's in plan.
1: Yeah. So in terms of plan, it's planning your measures of success and responsibilities mm-hmm. and the timing of that. And then I'd go into you've got to implement your plan mm-hmm. and the alive. Yep. you've got to bring it alive and the steps in that would be review, communicating, and then tweaking because mm-hmm. the best plans will change. And finally, I think recognise that your role as a leader is to celebrate and recognise. Okay, as you're interesting. Going. Yeah. Okay. Well, so why
0: don't we start from the top, DB? So you talked about no. So I've just stepped into this role. I'm a new manager what it
1: falls into that, no. Fuck. Yeah, the first thing I'd say is know the role. For you in this role, what are your measures of success? Oh. So you've applied for the job for a reason Yeah, and you've stepped into this, hopefully with some more money. Congratulations again. <laughs> what are you being paid to do? So what do you want to get out of the role? What are you being paid to do? What do your stakeholders want you to do? What are your direct reports want you to do? What are your peers expecting of you? So really have a good understanding of the role. And it's more than a job specification or a job description. Uh It's really get under the hood and know the role. Know the decisions that fall into your remit Uh and what you're expected to decide. Because just because you're the leader doesn't mean you decide everything. Uh. And there's probably some challenges if you've been promoted from within a team. Because you're still their friend, Uh. but you're no longer their buddy.
0: Yeah, how do you navigate that? What's what's your advice on that? Because that's common.
1: Yeah, so I think that leads into the the second point, which is know the people. So let's start with the easy scenario. You've stepped into a role and no one knows you, but they've got to know you. So often when I see work with people who have just been promoted, I get them to build this, what I refer to as a stakeholder map. Uh. And I ask them to document down everybody they have to interact with in this new role. Okay. So build this stakeholder app. Who are all the people you interact with? Your directs, your peers, your customers, your suppliers, your two-level up managers. And depending on the level, I ask them to clearly identify who is their divisional CEO or the group CEO, whatever it might be. So who are all the people that are your stakeholders that you need to know? And then I ask them a series of questions for these groups of stakeholders. Uh Um, How well do they know you?
0: Not well right now. Yeah. Yep. So what are you
1: going to do? Because they don't know you. Yeah. So, and your brand will grow quickly. So what do you want this brand to be? So how well do they know you? If they don't know you well, you're going to have to start getting well, them to know you. Right. So what can you do? Yeah. Yep. So start promoting your brand. And then the second thing I'd say is how well do you know them? Uh. So what reading have you done on them? When do you meet with them? So they've got to know you. You've got to know them.
0: Hey, on that, DB, sorry to jut in, but so sometimes when you join an organization, you know, you're going about your day and it's kind of, you know, DB's the boss, right? Or you know, whoever. And you hear stories, right, about who DB is from different people in the business.
1: Just metaphorically?
0: No, yeah. (laughs) Not about you specifically, but you know what I mean. So, you're a new manager in this role and people have opinions about, you know, other departments, other people, all that kind of stuff. Like, how do you pick through what to listen to and what's, you know, it's maybe tough, opinion right? or BS? Like, it's hard to know.
1: Depends on the culture, right? Yeah. Because okay. this, this is, we could talk culture for another 25 minutes. Yeah, let's, let's stay on topic. On topic. Because <sighs> it depends on the culture, right? And I think what you got to do is you got to make your own decisions. Yeah. You got to listen to the opinions, but you've really got to build your own experiences based on your interactions. Yeah. All right. So, otherwise you'll be led Yeah. By exactly. Populous. Rather than what's necessarily the, the right thing or the and, true thing.
0: And do you think it's always better to start with, you know, give yeah. people the benefit of the doubt kind of stuff, or well, not even benefit of the doubt, but start Just start stop. on the positive, and then we're all got a job to do. Go start, from there, yeah, it's a
1: clean slate. Yeah, right. exactly. That's absolutely. So I think how well do they know? Well, how well do they know you? How well do you know them? Sounds pretty easy questions, right? Mm. But there could be a bit of work in all that, depending on the stakeholder groups. How will you interact with them? Mm. So. If they're your directs, your peers, what are the meetings, the forums, the modes in which you interact with these people, all right? Mm. And people go, yeah, yeah, okay, those those questions are pretty reasonable. Yeah. And then I start getting a bit deeper. What do they expect of you? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you expect of them? Yeah.
0: And that's, I take it, deeper than just a purely deliverable yeah, kind of level. Yeah,
1: and this is where the relationship comes. And I was trying to stay away from the circumplex, but. Part of this circumflex is people orientated with mm. this humanistic and affiliative. Mm. But you really got to understand is how are we going to work together? Yeah. What's the relationship we're going to have? How does this work? What's the dynamic? Yeah. What's What are our rules of engagement and how are we are going to work together? Well, would you advise people just to think about that or to actually have that conversation? I get them to uh, think about it, document it, yeah. and then have the conversation. Yeah. Okay. So this document they form this stakeholder map, becomes their their goal, all right, it's uh-huh. part of their plan. And then what I do is for their relatively stakeholder groups, I get them to look at the information they've got, they haven't got. I get them to scale on a scale of one to 10. This relationship is a 10. They know me. I know them. Uh-huh. And this relationship is a one. I don't know me. I, they don't know me. I don't know them. Uh-huh. And I get them to try and do some level of priority. Yeah. So where's the, where's the biggest hotspots? They need to address. Yeah. So if I'm new to an organization, nobody knows me. Yeah. So I've got to get to know my directs and peers really quickly. Yeah. If I'm already in the organization, let's just talk about that individual for a sec. So this is like promoted. I've been promoted within. Yeah, him. okay. Yep. They probably know me really well.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And some of those stories you talked about earlier. So now it's about recognizing, A, that I'm no longer in, I'm in the team, but I'm not in the team.
0: Mm.
1: And the biggest challenge I'd say to, to lead is being promoted within. You were a part of that team. Now your team is that peer group team, mm. no longer that team. Mm. Your primary team is a different team. Mm. Your primary team is now your peer team, and you're representing the peer team when you go back to that team. When, and yep. So you've got to get your mind shifter on that I'm still a friend, but I'm no longer the buddy. Mm. I've now got broader responsibilities to go on. And you need to start afresh with these expectations.
0: So yeah, okay. So how would you do that? Because it's kind of tricky to navigate. Because you know we've been on the same level buddies, whatever. And now I don't know. Like you got, to do you have to be careful of coming across as a bit of a something? You know, if like suddenly I'm, I'm Mr. Serious, you know, or do you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah,
1: I roll up in the suit day one.
0: Yeah, (laughs) you know, like um, child's play is over, you know, I'm I'm a big boss now. I think it
1: depends on, and this is where your self-thinking and your LSI can help, right? Mm. So knowing knowing your behaviors and knowing your thinking is going to help you. And how do you do it? Dare I say, you be constructive. Mm. And you get some feedback, you get some input. This is why I love breakout reports because breakout reports, particularly if you if you've been in the team and you're managing directs and they see you as really constructive, but your peers see you as less constructive mm. and now you're being promoted to lead that peer group, mm. you've got some bridges to mend mm. or build. Mm. You might have to build from scratch yeah, because they haven't seen you as constructive. Mm. You might have been great with your directs, but your relationships with your peers weren't as great. Mm. So you've got to build those bridges and take a different approach. And I think that the biggest challenge when you get a first leadership role and the next leadership role is knowing what your role is, which goes back to that first point, knowing your role. Yeah. And what do you mean by that? What is your role? Well, at all times, we have multiple hats we have to wear. I'm a player, I'm a captain, yep. and I'm a coach. Yeah. And depending on the topic, I'll play different roles. Mm. So as I go further up, I become less of a player and less of a Captain. Captain and more coach. coach. Yep. But it's still, even as a CEO, at times I might be a captain, I'm likely to be a player. So, the percentages are changing. But recognizing that I'm now in a higher role, I'm no longer a player. Uh. All right? I might need to be a captain and do some playing, or I might need to be the coach in this scenario, and not provide the answers, uh. but provide the coaching conversations. Uh. And that's a real challenge. Is that, yeah, particularly a challenge for someone
0: who's been promoted internally because you used to do- whatever job it was, I can imagine it's tempting to, you know, I got promoted because I'm really good at that job, (laughs) you know, and so you kind of keep doing it or, you know, or you're now imagining someone who's doing your old job, you know, I wouldn't do it that way. I can do it better than that. I can do it better than that.
1: Yeah, it is a massive challenge. But this is where I would say take a breath, take a pause. What can you learn? And this comes to your own thinking, right? Uh, They're doing it differently. uh, Why are they doing it differently? What can I learn from the way they're doing it? uh, how can they teach me because they're doing it differently? Mm. Or if there is a more effective and efficient way, how do I educate and coach them to that more effective way rather than tell them yeah. what I think needs to be done? Yeah, okay. So um, changing the mindset around yeah, that. Because yeah. my role is not to do or tell. Mm. My mind is to coach and, and engage. Develop.
0: Yep. And so you talked to role people and process. What was under process?
1: Yeah, good question. Process, and I was thinking if I'm new to an organization, Uh huh. But even in an existing organization, there are system structures and processes mm. that just allow the machine to work. Mm-hmm. So, what I find for people when they get promoted to those leadership roles is they really need to understand what those processes are. So, recruiting, right. uh, reviews, right. purchase orders and approvals, signature right. levels. So that's quite practical, that yeah. kind of stuff. Because yep. if you're in an organization, you've got to make the system work. Mm. So, you need to know how to make the system work. Uh, all right. So, what are all the things I need to know? So it actually, so it actually works. Uh, Who do I go see when I need something? Who do I talk to? What are the connections? Now, a good induction will do a lot of that for you. Uh, so, part of my know and what I say to people is the people stuff you've got to do. Uh, but a really good induction program will include the role, the people, and the processes. Yeah. An induction's worth gold. I personally believe an induction program should be six to twelve weeks. It's not full-time. Yeah. All right, I've got to be careful here. People go, six to 12 weeks? But induction allows you to to meet these various stakeholder groups, to explore and talk about the role, understand the processes mm. as you're going through. Mm. It's not just congratulations, here's your desk, here's your computer, here's your phone, here's your team. So yeah, Good luck. Yeah. So no, that's what I'd put in no.
0: Okay. And then the next area you talked about was plan. You talked about measures of success. So... What do you mean by that, David?
1: Yeah. I always break down into, personally, I break down into quarters. So what's this quarter going to achieve? And then I have an eye on the next quarter and the year.
0: And is that personal or, or team? Like Both. Yeah. yeah.
1: Personal, team, and organization. So where are we looking at? And depending on your business, week to week, month to month can be quite. Depends on the. the quite up and down. Right, Yep. So, and the more senior the role, the more the. The quarter goals are more around projects; less, they're more strategic, less tactical, right? So, what are we looking to achieve in this time frame? And then you'll have events that come out of the blue, like we've had COVID nineteen come out, which threw all those measures of success out the window. Out the window, yeah. But you still needed to knuckle down and work out, okay, what are the measures of success? And I, I personally truncated that, truncated that time frame. I started looking at a, at a weekly and a monthly basis for a period of six to 12 weeks mm. as we built new plans and robust processes in place. Mm. Mm. But you've really got to know what you're looking to achieve so you can measure that.
0: Mm. Okay. And so, you know, wouldn't you get that from your boss or something? You know, like that's kind of what people would say. They'd come in and you got your KPIs or whatever. Like what's the difference? I guess.
1: I suppose the key difference for me is is the what versus the how. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the why would be aligned from the organizational purpose. Uh And the discussion with your boss is probably around the what I'm going to deliver, and it's the how I deliver it. And then if you're asking your boss to tell you about the how, you might not have deserved that promotion and that extra money you're getting. Sure. So that's how I'd break it down. It's It's the how. Your responsibility. And without putting too much of an achievement lens on it versus a perfectionistic lens, having that plan and using others to help you solve and build that plan is going to be more constructive and achievement-orientated than just focusing purely on the goal. So would you
0: bring the team in to co-author that, if you will, or, or do you own
1: it? That would oh, be a suggestion? Two parts to that question. One, you own it, yeah. but yes, I would co-author it. <laughs>
0: True. <laughs> yep. yeah.
1: yeah, you own it, but I would co-author it. Yep. Yeah. And the involvement would depend on, it's funny, I ran a session just recently on, what drives involvement, and it's information and commitment. So, you, unlikely you're going to have all the information. Mm-hmm. So, you're going to need involvement from others. Mm. So, now the question is, do you know what information you need? If you do, that involvement might be one-on-one. If you don't, that involvement is probably going to have to be more in a group setting because mm. I'm not quite sure who's got what and where it's going to go. Right. So, and then the other, so that's the information. The other component of this commitment.
0: Mm.
1: Will they commit without being involved? Probably not. Or do I need their commitment? (laughs) It depends, I guess. Yeah, Um, depends. So, again, it depends. So, you need – and some people might commit with lesser involvement relative to others. Mm. So, you need to make that call Mm. as you go in. But, yeah, involve them, but you own it.
0: Yeah. And then you talked as well on the plan about responsibilities. What what falls under that? What do you mean?
1: Yeah, so that's really, as it sounds, identifying who will do what and when because a key component as a leader – this is where the involvement is important, is you're new to the role, but it doesn't mean you do it all. Uh-huh. All right. In fact, you can't do it all. You have a team who works with you and supports you. So being clear on accountabilities and who's gonna do what. So and who's there's a whole lot of techniques you can use. You can use rapid or racy or any involvement matrix. Uh-huh. But it's really making sure it's clear and it's understood. Uh-huh. And primary accountability. Uh-huh. So, if you've got multiple steps, who's primary accountable?
0: So, DB, on this, as we're going through, would you do them in this order as well? Or is it just a jumble? Because I'm, so in my mind, I'm just thinking with know the role, know the people. Well, I kind of need to get my feet under the table, I suppose, as, as part of that. Before then, you know, this is what I expect of everyone, you know, and having that kind of conversation. Yeah. The first
1: two steps, knowing and planning, are sort of happening in parallel. Uh huh. So, knowing the role, knowing the people. Knowing the processes and planning the measures and getting the involvement right, knowing what we're going to do, are happening in parallel. And what I always say is, when someone's been in the role for three months, I always say, "So, three months honeymoon's over. What are you now doing and creating?
0: Because
1: uh-huh. you do have that window to know and plan. Yeah. So use that three-month window to know and plan. But at the end of the three months you're well and truly in the implementation. So we are
0: going to implement, and that yeah. was the third bucket, right? And that's the so. third
1: bucket. So really good point. I think the first two are a little bit iterative, and they're happening circular. Mm. In some respects, implementation is happening as well, Yeah, but not until you've known and planned. So it's a bit more linear in its sequence.
0: Yeah. Okay, and so if we move into implementation then, so you talked about review. So yep. we've got our plan, we know our people, we're doing stuff now, we're implementing the plan. What's the review section about? Uh,
1: Yeah, the review is the check-in. How are we going? Having our measures of success and checking against those measures. It's as much about the plans as it is the end goals. So we've now, are we on track? How are we going? Are we delivering what we said? Are we ahead? Are we behind? And what I do is I would reference back to monitoring in our leadership impact diagnostic. Mm. One of the keys of reviewing is to recognize excellence as well as exception. Mm. We might have a really robust plan and we've got accountabilities and timelines and responsibilities and we know we're going to deliver, we've got the measures. Recognize all the small steps along the way, which sort of links into the last point of celebrate, but recognizing excellence is important. Mm. Knowing what has been done and recognizing those steps. Mm. As a leader, if you're too much on exception, you'll drive security or defensive mindsets. And by exception, you mean like correcting mistakes and- Well, ha- pointing out flaws. Pointing out flaws, yeah. Yeah. He was out recognizing what hasn't been done versus what has been done. Uh-huh.
0: Some people struggle with that because they're like, the has been done, well, that's just doing your job. Pumps. You know, that's meeting expectation or something.
1: Sounds like a very perfectionistic task-oriented <laughs> leader.
0: You know, so, so how did they change their mindset though to- yeah, to and see it's it differently because well, it has to be genuine as well like you can't just be like good on you for turning up on work on time like that's what you're supposed to do
1: well I think if first thing I'd say is get some feedback uh, on your impact and identify are you is your balance between excellence and exception where is that balance uh, um, are you and ideally we want more excellence and exception otherwise you'll get a security mindset yeah and we've got some numbers around that which I go into today But get some feedback. And then if you're out of balance, what are you going to do? How are you going to check yourself? So if you're going in for a review session, have a mental flag, what's great, what's good, Uh, before I jump into what's not so good. uh, Okay. Catch yourself in the moment. If you're doing a one-on-one with somebody, get them to reflect on what's been really good, what can be really better, what help they want from you? So it's not you just saying, well, what about this? What about this? Mm -hmm. Where are you here?
0: And with the review thing, again, you know, I talked about the, with the plan, whose plan is it sort of stuff. With the review, is this an individual thing that you're doing as a leader or a team thing you're doing both. as a group?
1: Yeah, both. As a leader, you'll be doing both one-on-one reviews and group reviews. Mm. And they're both equally important. Mm. The other thing I'd say as a leader, your one-on-one reviews are part of your role. Mm. But the other part of your role in that one-on-one aspect is helping the person grow and understanding what they are. Mm. So, particularly if you're new to a leadership role, caution just jumping straight in on the task side. Yeah. And often I say to people, separate out your reviews. So, Mm. this week our one-on-one is is about activity and task. Yeah. Next week, the one-on-one is about you. Yeah. What do you want to learn? What do you want to grow? How can I help you as a leader? If you try and blend those two, you'll probably focus more on the task, Mm. the activities they're doing. Not much about the person. Mm. But as a leader, your role is to grow and nurture people.
0: Mm. So that's part of the reviewing your role. It's part yep. of it, yep. Okay. And so after the review, you talked about communicate as well. So what falls
1: under there? Well, you go back to the stakeholder map. Yeah. And who needs to hear what's going on and when? So if you said, I need to communicate to my peers, I need to be communicating up two levels, they may be communicating to customers or suppliers. But then you got to communicate internally. How are we going? What about DB? Because I've heard
0: people, particularly in perhaps more red competitive cultures, as you know, giving each other advice around, oh, you need to toot your own horn more or blow your own trumpet and let people know what you're doing and stuff like. Where's the line between letting people know, you know, from a constructive lens and letting people know from a aggressive or a, a boastful kind of lens?
1: I think it depends what's in the message, right? Yeah. It's a really good question. If the message is purely about metrics and extrinsic, it's probably going to come, how's that going to come across? I mean, that's all you're talking about. Mm. But if the message includes celebrations or achievements of others, mm. the message includes milestones that others have had at a personal level, that it be a marriage, a baby, completion of a degree, completion of a unit in study, mm. you now got a message that Is not just purely about the task. Uh. It's a message that's balanced between task and people. Uh. So I think I'd answer that is how you do it. And then the key question is how often do you do it? Yeah. All right. And how often it it depends, right? There's, I'll give you the standard consulting answer. It might need to be a weekly update or it might need to be a monthly update. Personally, yeah, I do monthly. Um, It depends on the role though. It does depend on the role. The other insight I'd give in terms of that update, that communicate, mm. is how do you deliver it from a leader lens? And mm. we think about a leader being a coach. Mm. So, how do I deliver it from a lens that inspires others to reflect mm. and act mm. rather than being told? Mm. So, in that update, what questions do I include? So, for example, if we've seen in a, an area where someone might have been injured, I want to flag the injury and talk about the injury. they want to create reflection. So I might ask questions around how else could this injury happen? Yeah, Where else could this injury happen in our workplace? Mm. So I'm not telling them to go out and do checks or a review, but I'm actually inspiring them to reflect. Mm. And it's coming from a more constructive than a direct tell place Mm. or passive or just ignoring it altogether. Yeah. Yeah. It it didn't happen. What injury?
0: So then the third one under implement was tweak. So we'll- Is this part of the review process or where does this fit in?
1: Yeah, and tweak is change. Plans will change. And it's okay to change plans. So, and I think you need to change your plan. And when you need to change, communicate the change. Uh, Hey guys, the new plan is A, B, and C. Don't feel locked to a plan. uh, Often I see leaders build a plan, but the plan says, the uh, plan may need to change. uh, And that's what I mean by that tweak.
0: And where's the difference so on this side, where's the difference between, you know, being able to change the plan when necessary and kind of always just going, you know, almost pleasing others or, you know, changing priorities all the time and shifting almost too
1: much. Do you know what I mean? Well, the it's a good question. Why are you changing the plan? Is what I'd say. Yeah. So it's easy to say tweak the plan and change the plan. I'd actually pause for a sec and say we need to change the plan. Why? Mm. All right. So, if I'm going to adapt and modify the plan, I want to make sure that I'm modifying it with the why behind me. Because mm-hmm. someone's going to ask, why are you changing the plan? Mm. All right. Or why do you keep changing the plan? Or why does the plan keep moving? So, because you're going to have to communicate the why. Now, if you don't have the why, I'd hold off on changing the plan because mm. you might be just chasing shadows. Mm. If okay. You don't have the why. And what. What was interesting when the question you asked and you probably saw me pause was if you're changing the plan, is it coming from a passive lens? Yeah. I'm doing it so I look, I please others. Yeah. I'm being good. Am I changing the plan because it's from a competitive, a task-oriented lens? We've got to work harder, do more. I've got to be seen to be more in control, whatever. Uh-huh. All right. Both of them are not good reasons to change a plan. Yeah. In fact, they're horrible reasons to change a plan. Yeah. But am I changing the plan because, hang on, I've reviewed the market and the forces going on and we're under new pressure, new challenge. Yeah, things have changed. We need to adapt and that's okay. In the case of COVID-19 would be a classic point in time or well, the GFC of 2008-9. Which is an obvious one. Like the,
0: Those are easy, right? Obviously, we've got to respond to that. So I guess it's there's those more tricky situations where, well, now there's some people at a higher level maybe who are asking us to do different things. Is it right for us to respond to that or not? Like, where do I
1: hold or where do I? Yeah, so I come back to why. Mm. Yep, and the why might be that the strategy is changing the organisation. Could be. That's okay. in which case would be a good reason. And that'd yep. be a good reason not to uh, be seen to be good or to look good. Mm. Would not be good mm. reasons.
0: So check yourself, right? Yeah. So reflect yeah. on why you're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. What I'm hearing. Okay. And then the last bucket we had was celebrating success. So what, as a new manager, what am I doing in there?
1: Yeah. And I think this is where I would, um, I'd recognize the good efforts of the team and depending on the organization, but recognizing individual and recognizing team performance. So flag it out. If someone's had a great day, personally congratulate them and say, thank you. I appreciate your efforts. I acknowledge what you've done and this is what it means. Oh. Put it in a context. Oh. Recognize the team. You want to be a champion team, not a team of champions. Not a team of champions. We've spoken about that before. So how do I inspire this champion team? We all pull together, we're all on the same page, and we all play together and we all win together. Oh. So part of the celebration would be making sure we have a lunch together or a breakfast together. Oh. And if it's an incredible milestone and the whole team's achieved you'll recognize that and say, We're having this lunch because we've just achieved this. Uh. And reward. All right. So part of the cult one of the cultural drivers we do look at is use of rewards. And a very powerful driver is the response from a leader. Those verbal acknowledgments being recognized by the leader is powerful rewards. Equally it can be powerful punishments. Uh Uh-huh.
0: And you know, I think a lot of managers, leaders actually underestimate the weight that their recognition or lack thereof or whatever can carry. 100%. Because they don't think it's such a big thing. Oh, yeah, DB, good job. They don't think it's such a big thing to say that. But for the person receiving it, it can be quite, oh, well, actually I'm recognized and valued, like what I've been doing, someone's noticed.
1: Yeah, and I think you're 100%. And my addition to that would be all of us are leaders Uh and we report to somebody, be it a board or a CEO or, Whoever. And often I say to people, is how often have you thanked your leader for what they've done? True. Mm. Like we expect the leader to be out recognizing, and they should be. Mm. But how often, as someone who reports to the leader, do you go out of your way and go, I recognize what you've done. You've been under the pressure. You pulled the team together. Mm. And I'm actually, I want to thank you for what you've done. Mm. Or I want to send them a quick email just saying, I recognize what you're doing. Thank you. Because we're all leaders, right? Mm we'll have leaders, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the higher up you go, the less feedback you get. Probably, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. More, it's interesting, right? The more feedback you're expected to provide and the less feedback you get.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. There's an interesting challenge for our listeners to uh, – yeah. uh, what feedback could you give your own leader right now about maybe celebrating some success, something yeah. that's gone well yeah. for themselves?
1: Yeah. Acknowledge those leaders. So it's a great topic being a new leader or a new manager. What other questions do you have?
0: Oh, look, I think that's covered it, DB. I think those are some great tips for someone coming into the position. And for me, what I was hearing is, you know, under that no. So get your feet under the desk, right? And understand who are the people, who are your people, who are the people around the system as well. So those stakeholders across, how well do you know them? Yeah, You know, what relationships do you have to work on? particularly if you're a if you're external I guess it's kind of obvious everyone <laughs> if you're internal you might have to think about that a bit more right where do you build what's your role what are those expectations what are the processes so how do you do the stuff you know the mm. kind of practical things planning out you know what does success look like who's doing what and then implement it review tweak communicate about it and celebrate success i think if someone could do those things, they'd be, you know, doing a cracking job. Yeah,
1: you nailed it, Dom. That's what I aspire to do with every role I, I move into. Know, plan, implement it, and then celebrate. Fantastic. Well, I thought that
0: was a very good list, DB. That's a fantastic job as my leader. I, uh, <laughs> I think you're doing a great job there. Thanks for the feedback, Dom. <laughs> All right, I'll see you on another one. Take care, Bye. mate.